chapter eleven of the love of landry by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleventh when builder regained consciousness she found herself lying in the grub wagon with nina beside her the wagon had been substituted for the buckboard as being easier for her to recline in what has happened nina she asked i remember about the stampede and and mr landry but was i hurt was i injured in any way not unto death miss said nina solemnly but mr hendrickson he says your shoulder's out of place and while you was insensible he said it and he says you'll soon be all right but the pony oh miss you should see the pony it was killed ah miss mildred killed was no name for it it was pulverized what are they going to do with me now asked the girl a shudder passing over her frame at the thought of the poor animal they are going to start to the ranch house with you as soon as you dare move tell them nana that i want to see the spot don't say pony whatever you do the spot where it occurred nina went upon her errand and mildred settled back with tears of pain and humiliation in her eyes i wanted to do something big because i felt strong and capable and i knew he looked at me with contempt and oh how it has turned out it only leaves me his debtor his debtor and with repetition the thought did not seem so bitter well he did his part he was very brave and noble even if i cannot love him i can respect him then her father put his anxious face in at the door so you've come around all right my dear hendrickson said you would really he's quite a surgeon are you in much pain my shoulder does hurt very much papa but that doesn't matter i'm sorry i gave you so much anxiety don't say a word my child i shall have you taken back at once to the ranch house but nina tells me that you want to see the spot where the accident occurred i don't believe i would if i were you my dear i want to see it papa and if they cannot take me i shall walk there there don't excite yourself my child you shall see it we will go by it on our way home he signalled to the men and one galloped ahead while the other started the horses which had been harnessed to the wagon to await any turn which mildred's injury might take as nina sat down beside her mistress mildred's face flushed and paled by turns and she looked into the maid's eyes wistfully what is it miss mildred asked nina gently nothing snapped mildred going all red again did i ask for anything no miss but i thought you looked like you wanted something no she replied more gently but my shoulder does hurt so you poor dear child said nina easing the wounded part i hope mildred went on that poor mr landry isn't suffering this way deceitful is the human heart but it's the eye that usually gives it away and so nina saw nothing for at that moment her mistress's eyes were closed in a spasm of pain law miss she exclaimed him a sufferin why he wasn't hurt at all the eyes suddenly flew open almost too suddenly for honesty and the sufferer cried eagerly wasn't he oh i'm so glad 
and then a tell-tale look came into her eyes and they were closed again in pain when the wagon had stopped at the spot to which mildred indicated she wished to go she raised the flap with her uninjured hand and looked out of the opening there was nothing there except the marks of many hoofs and a space covered with grass and sage she knew at once what it was uncover it she said no no mildred protested her father he had sent the man on for that purpose knowing what the sight would be i want to see him she persisted but miss said the man who had ridden on ahead it ain't a pleasant sight for a young lady that's why i want to see it mildred papa must i get out and do it myself mr osborne nodded to the men and they began to uncover the flat soft something that had once been the pony the hoofs of eight hundred cattle had beaten its flesh almost into the soil mildred gazed at it and i should have been like that she said thank you come papa and she lay down again very white poor pony poor little jack i rode him to his death but i hope his spirit will forgive me for i didn't mean to i wonder if horses have souls or spirits she asked nina a bit later and nina answered i'm sure i don't know miss never having studied such things as soon as they were back at the ranch-house where much ado was made both of mildred and of the event of the morning mr osborne came into his daughter's room to see if she needed anything beyond nina's ministrations papa she asked mr landry was very brave to-day wasn't he not only brave but decisive my dear a moment's delay would have lost you to me for ever that man has the making of a general in him do you think so mildred my child you speak of it so apathetically the man saved your life and i want you to thank him with all your heart i was just going to suggest something of the kind send him to me as soon as he comes remember papa as soon as he comes yes my dear and now i'm going to try to sleep she closed her eyes until her father had left the room then she opened them very wide and lay gazing into space poor jack she sighed and poor landry one i killed and the other i wounded well i shall see him to-morrow but it was three days before landry saw her for when the message came he was still away with the cattle and the captain of the round-up could not or would not spare him when he arrived and came into her room she was sitting at her window and rose to greet him one arm was in a sling but she extended the well hand to him it was good of you to come she said and she felt just how flat and commonplace the words must sound i could not do otherwise said landry a little stiffly although after he had dropped her hand his own had gripped convulsively as he looked upon her pain i i went up to see the pony oh she put her hand over her face as if to shut out the sight landry flushed angrily who was fool enough to take you up there he said i made them she answered i would rather you hadn't seen it it wasn't a pretty sight but it was an instructive one it told me what i would have been like had you let my folly take its course i don't know about that i guess you were all right it told me too what you had done for me that was nothing any fellow that knew anything about horses and cattle she waved him into silence and he stood abashed holding his hat like a scolded schoolboy 
i know i know she said but what i want you to understand is that it was not all wantonness on my part my galloping after them as i did no hear me out for you cannot do not understand after i saw that they had stampeded i suddenly remembered what you had once told me of the method to be pursued and i was possessed with the idea of helping to do it so i raced after them in hopes that i could turn them or start them what do you call it grinding or ringing a shade of a smile came into the man's eyes but his lip quivered with a deeper emotion and the impulse was very strong upon him to take the poor little wounded girl into his arms and strain her to his breast but he remembered thursday and held himself back your ambition was very noble miss mildred he said and it sounded very mean to him after it was out though god knows he told himself i did not intend it so it was very foolish and reckless mildred went on but then i did so want to see a round-up and when i saw those cattle making for the dry wash i knew what it meant and i wanted to help of course i didn't know how and i made a silly spectacle of myself but i did want to do something worthy and-and i only made you risk your life that was nothing you were perfectly right miss mildred and no one blames you in the least it was such an accident as might happen anywhere there are no serious consequences attached to it save the pain you suffer but that will pass and thank god you weren't killed landry blurted it out before he could check himself but in a moment he saw his mistake and went on calmly your father would never have forgiven us if you had been trampled out there landry i know i owe my life to you how can i thank you what can i do to pay the debt the young man threw up his head and there was a light in his eyes that she had never seen there before then with a bow that was his heritage from some old virginia grandfather he replied consider the debt cancelled miss mildred and turning hastily on his heel left the room he is angry with me mildred murmured i did everything but scorn him and she sat down crying softly but bitterly she was filled with both sorrow and anger she would not admit to herself that she loved landry and had done wrong to refuse him she attributed all her misery to her inability to show him her gratitude had the young rancher returned even then and renewed his question it is doubtful that she would have told him yes unconsciously perhaps but nevertheless dangerously she was playing with her own feelings and his her mood of grief was succeeded by one of distinct pettishness i'm sure she thought i can't go on my knees to him to thank him for what he has done i do appreciate it and i have tried to tell him so what does he expect oh well i do hope papa will satisfy him and express all that i cannot she knew perfectly that her father couldn't and wouldn't but it pleased her to be perverse even to try to deceive herself some one knocked at the door and nina came in please miss mildred she said mr heathcote gave me these for you these was a bunch of brilliant red and white roses put them on that table nina yes miss can i do anything for you no go evidently miss was cross and nina went i suppose he sent all the way to denver for these she said handling the flowers i wish he wouldn't now if she blushed furiously all alone as she was and threw the offending flowers into one corner of the room where they lay the white and the red like a pale girl bleeding she sat down and brooded a while and then relenting picked up the flowers and replaced them in a vase 
woman is a strange creature and there is no accounting for her moods and this is hereby acknowledged or else one would be helpless before this one for suddenly mildred burst out laughing and flying to the couch hid her head in a pillow rising at last to exclaim well i don't care if i do and to sit looking with dreamy eyes into the fire and a smile on her lips meanwhile landry in passing out had encountered mr osborne who was in wait for him my dear landry exclaimed the old man holding out both his hands how can i ever thank you for the great thing you have done for me words are so poor don't mention it said landry it was nothing perhaps you may regard it as nothing but it was everything to me there was deep pathos in mr osborne's voice and a great earnestness and landry looking at him so bitterly in his soul perhaps i do regard it too lightly but aloud he said i am glad to have been able to serve you mr osborne i hope my daughter has thanked you oh she has thanked me was the grim reply i fear she has hardly said all that she wishes to say or that she feels she is like me there my dear boy i can't say what i feel just take it for granted and if ever i can do you a service no matter how great just call on me i am your servant don't mention it said landry hastily and he bolted that is a very remarkable young man said mr osborne gently i fear mildred has not fully expressed her gratitude to him i must see so he went to mildred he found her still musing before the fire with a smile on her face and a wrinkle between her brows when he told her his beliefs and fears she put her arm around his neck and drew him down to her you're a dear old papa she said and that was all the answer he ever got and landry went off to be miserable by himself End of chapter eleven